If you're looking for a place to get your teeth clean, maybe get some dental work done, maybe you need your wisdom teeth out, check out Green Mountain Dental Group today, located 15 minutes from downtown Denver. A lot of us at DNVR go to Green Mountain Dental Group. They care about you. They care about you as a person. Also at Green Mountain Dental Group right now, you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush, top of the line, electric toothbrush that could lead to less dentist visits in the long run, but they're still giving it away when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Again, stop into Green Mountain Dental Group, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, get a free Sonicare toothbrush today. And welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get out of here, Kale. Get out of here. Uh, America's top rated sportsbook app. You can download it. Use promo code DNVR when you do. We got a special show for you guys today. Very excited for this one. I got Harrison Wynn. That's not why I'm not. I'm not excited for Harrison Wynn, but I am happy that you are here, Harrison. Yeah, well, I was thinking we could just cut the intro short today because we do have a special guest. We don't need to hear from you know me and Vote. We don't need to hear us crack some stupid joker. Well, I do have to point out uh, Vote's beautiful hair. He does have gorgeous hair today. We have to acknowledge it. Look, you dress for the job you want, and uh, I want Tim's job, so let's do this. <laughs> What's going on? All right, you guys know it. President of basketball operations for the Denver Nuggets, one of the architects of this era of Denver Nuggets basketball, Tim Conley. Everybody, welcome on Tim Conley. Tim, what's going on, man? Nothing, and the hair is impressive. Strong, you, isn't it? A little jealousy right now, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> He's so full. It, it, it's a recent development. It doesn't usually look this good, but he... Uh, his I'm turning a new leaf. Turning a new leaf, Tim. New me. New I year. like that. I like it. What, what's the expectation on this new year? What are you trying to achieve? Uh, maybe like garner some respect. I don't know. No. We'll see. No, it's Tough task. Yeah. Like it. a you got to find some new friends for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true. Um, so we're excited, man. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. We want to kind of go through the season and, and talk about the different beats, um, get your perspective. But first, Tim, I don't know how you feel. But it's this has been a weird 18 months. We used to see each other at Pepsi Center all the time, see the players, see all of this stuff. There's, I feel like we've talked only a handful of times, and and not just you, but everybody inside the arena. Has that been nice, being away from all of the media and from all of the, the, the constant conversation? No, I mean, you're going to be surprised by this. I actually enjoy you guys. <laughs> Very surprised. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's been a hard year. It's not it's not unique to our industry. You know, I think everyone's misses the kind of the um, normal social interactions. Um, you know, watch watch the team grow up, watch you guys grow up. So not having those even today, I'd much rather be at your bar drinking on your tab than, you know, if you sit in my office. So um, it, it's been challenging. Um, a lot of credit to our staff, um, our yeah. players, our coaches, the entire Nuggets organization for kind of getting through it. And I think there's a, a slight light at the end of the tunnel. So um, hopefully we can see each other live at some point very soon. Yeah. It, it's funny that you say drinking on our tab because we drink cheap. We we have – I don't know if you – have you tried Rakia yet? Uh, come on. Have I tried Rakia? Come on. <laughs> yeah, we figured. Just, uh, he, he's like, don't look at this cup that's next to me. You don't yeah. want to know. Uh, I, I've tried Rakia <laughs> once or twice, yeah. Okay. What's, yeah. what's your opinion of it? I love it. Yeah, I enjoy Rocky. Um, you know, I like the Kints. It's probably my favorite. I got a good buddy um, who's got a Serbian bar, a Balkan bar in uh, D.C. and Belgrade. So we always we share some pretty good Rocky. Um, yeah, love. When I went to see Nicola most recently, his brothers 
uh, gave me some really cool homemade rakia. Um, big fan. And you guys don't drink that cheap. That's that villain in San Diego wasn't that cheap. <laughs> That's right. One of our, right. Uh, our favorite parts of this gig, Tim, in the last few years has been our newfound connection with serving culture, learning a little yep. bit more every day. I imagine it's even more so for you, your relationship with Jokic. How much have you learned about Serbian culture? I think the, the Balkans are just a fascinating part of the world. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time throughout the ex-Yugoslavia, um, both for friend, uh, I'm sorry, both for fun and for business. Um, should I spent like six or seven summers in uh, Croatia. Um, my single days, that was great. One time took a yellow taxi from Nova Sad to Split, which was uh, eye-opening. <laughs> Stopped at Zagreb Airport on the way, picked up a buddy from, from Baltimore, booked a flight about 12 hours earlier. Um, I just think it's a really, really neat part of the world. Great people. Um, it's been really enjoyable to learn their culture. Um, I think it's, um, you know, beyond basketball, just really smart, uh, really cool, really, uh, genuine people, uh, all throughout that region. I've been lucky enough to spend a lot of, whether it's, you know, whether it's Belgrade, whether it's Nova Sad, whether it's, uh, Sarajevo, we used to be in a camp in Bosnia, involved with a camp in Bosnia. Um, the, the Croatian coast is as pretty as it gets. Um, you know, Slovenia is gorgeous with their park. So it's, Highly recommend getting over there. It's it's pretty amazing. I was gonna ask, able- do you have like a favorite place that you've scouted in Europe? Not even just Serbia, just all, all across Europe. What, what what maybe your favorite places that you've scouted? Yeah, I mean, there's so. I mean, it's it's that like pre or post marriage. Yeah, you know? um, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, there's so many great places. I love watching games in Belgrade because of the passion. Um, I love. I used to love going to Sabona games. You can stay at the hotel right down the street and walk everywhere. I, I tend to like places that I can walk. Um, yeah. If I can avoid taxis or Ubers or rental cars, um, that's my favorite place to scout. But uh, it's hard to beat scout in Spain. You know, when you leave the game at 10 o'clock and dinner's just starting. Um, <laughs> Germany's got a great league. Um, France is really fun. There's a there's a gym in Paris. It's pretty fun. It's a nice walk if you're staying. Um, downtown's a really fun walk, too. So I don't have one place. It's just a really cool way to see the world and a really cool um, – opportunity to learn different cultures i don't want to ask you about too many prospects you know in this year's draft but jay cole have you have you been able to catch any of his games so far i know he's professional now you know i i love his album his album <laughs> 95 south is strong um anything with cameron on is strong um you know i've it's funny we have uh Dechi's over in africa right now his um his uncle is one of my uh, really good friends amdu fall was him, uh, Masai, a group of guys, this is kind of their passion play. So I'm really bummed I'm not there. Um, you know, any other time I, I'd be there, it'd be, it's so cool what they're doing in the continent. I think that league will slowly start to gain steam, and it's pretty impressive they were able to launch it this year, given everything that's going on. Um, yeah, Jay Cole, should he walked on to St. John's. Um, met him a couple years, in the Aust- couple years ago at the All-Star. Uh, we were at a, a small little get together. He seemed like a really cool guy. Love his music. So I think it's cool. That he's kind of following his passion, his dream. There's a chance, Adam, there's a chance for you and I. Come on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Start I played, an Irish league. We'll get over that. <laughs> we played, we played one time, uh, played with Tim just in a pickup game, fouled every time. I didn't say anything. He fouled every time. Nonstop yeah. fouling. Yeah. Well, you, you were like, uh, the most back to the basket, five second violations ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> no three second in pickup, man. No three uh-huh. second call. Um, you know, one of the things we really want to ask you, you know, today on the show is, is just how does the culture, I mean, the, the, 
I think culture has been such a big part about the Nuggets' rise the last five, six years, whatever it's been. And my question is, was it a vision you had five years ago of, hey, this is the type of team we want to build? Or was it a result of, you know, you get a Gary Harris, you get a Nikola Jokic, you say, okay, now we'll build a culture off of our our, our first centerpieces? Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, we were we were languishing, right? Like uh, six, seven years ago, we had some talent, but we, there was no clear direction of what we were doing. Um, you know, I certainly um, made the mistake of, uh, of trying to have a team that could both compete and grow um, simultaneously. And I think that's difficult um, to do so when, when you're kind of um, – the issues don't always converge uh, or the goals don't always converge. So kind of sat down with Josh um, a long time ago and said, hey, you know, this is kind of not really who we want to be. Um, you know, we, let's, let's declare a direction. Let's do it with really, really good guys who care about basketball, who, who aren't huge ego guys, who are kind of reflective of who we'd like to think we are. Uh, pretty laid back guys who, you know, work hard and cross your fingers. Um, and then we were lucky enough. Some of these guys are really good players. Um, so it, it was, it was by design in theory, but in application, I think it was all luck. How, how does Jokic factor into this, Tim? And, and sort of like best players can set the culture, uh, you're bringing in new guys, and you know we already heard Austin Rivers talk about the selfless nature of Nikola and how that's really unparalleled by players of his caliber. So, how has he factored into you guys fostering this this culture? I think he. We certainly uh, do whatever he does. We follow, and his his guys got absolutely zero ego. He's a super, super, super nice guy. Um, his he's got a great family. Like his his brothers, Natalia, they become good friends. Um, so I, I think you see where he gets it from. Uh, mom and dad are awesome. Godfather's awesome. Um, and he's grounded. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't seek fame. Um, he, he doesn't play the sport to be, have the most followers or to, um, you know, he doesn't really like fame, quite frankly. He just wants to hoop and win right. games and um, have fun in between, crack jokes and move on. So I, I think seeing what he does every day is the most impactful part of what who we are culturally. Um, but it's not unique to him. We don't have any ego guys. Um, we have a couple guys who fake like they're ego guys, but they're they're, they're teddy bears, they're absolute sweethearts. Um, what they do in the community, how communicative they are, how open they are to just be one of the guys. Um, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I've been this is my twenty fifth league in the twenty fifth year in the league. Um, been around a lot of great guys, but I've, I've the last couple of years collection of people we have it is really special. Did you get to spend time with Jokic this summer at all? And just, I mean, it was such a short off season. I'm just curious if you got to be around him, if you had any indication what was coming for him this year. You know, of course, famously last year he came into the season, he looked a little bit bigger than usual. This season he looked thinner than ever. Did you have an indication in your conversations or being around him this summer this was coming? I mean, this summer the last thing you want to do is see any of us after the bubble. Yeah. I think yeah. if, and, you know, the borders were closed. Everything was really difficult. Uh, so – Generally, after the season, you sit down with the guys, you have exit meetings, you have dinners, you have lunches. And after the Orlando, again, none of us wanted to see any of us. As, as fun as it was, I think the last face Nicole wanted to see was mine. Um, you know, he, he's just such a – he's a worker. And he's a, he's a guy that you know is going to come back better, better each year. And he's got uh, the staff here. Obviously, the freedom that Mo has allowed him is so unique. Um, Nicole's career could have taken numerous paths. And I think – um, playing for a coach as good and creative as Mo helped him tremendously. Um, you know, we joke quite a bit. If, if he would have signed one of those bigger European contracts coming from Mega, 
would he have been allowed the same freedom? Uh, I think the, the pretty loud answer is likely no. Um, on our staff, Felipe and Ogi Stoyakovich, those guys are extensions of his um, family. Um, and then when he gets back to Sambor, um, his brothers, his godfather, who's a really, really good coach, um, you just know he's going to be around smart people that work and are not going to allow him to, to uh, skip a step. And I, I think um, what's most changed about him, obviously, is his body and his, his acceptance and appreciation that, like, hey, I really can be great, not just good. I think um, – I've told both you, uh, all you guys the story before. After his first year, we were just hanging out. What would you think? And he was surprised how well he played. Um, he was yeah. genuinely – he's like, I'm, honestly, I'm shocked. I, I was able to compete and, and um, you know, have moments where I felt like I belonged. So I think there's such a strong internal belief now that I, I'm not just good. I'm great. He'll never say it. He'll never act like he cares. But he knows it, and, and he knows that it's based um, on, on all the hard work. I mean, after every game now, he's lifting with Felipe and Klaus. Um he he's makes fun of me for why well, I have a peanut butter jelly sandwich. He's like, brother, don't eat that. I'm like, come on, man. When you were <laughs> when you were crushing uh, Shavapi and Coke, I was I let you have your fun. Let me have a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Uh, so I, I think it's it's a guy who's grown up. I think what's underrated about a lot of guys on our team, not just um, Nicola but Jamal, um, how young they are. You know, we've watched these guys since such an early part of their career. We forget Nicola's 26 in a couple of months. You know. Uh, Jamal just turned 24 a couple months ago. So I think sometimes in the, the now, now, now um, environment and society we're in, he's just grown up and right. he's grown up and now he's appreciative and aware that like, wow, I really am an elite player and he enjoys being that guy. When, when do you think that change first happened? Because just recently I remembered the video from 2016 Olympics when he came back to Sambor and there was a giant crowd to meet him and he actually broke down crying. And you could, one, he looked so young. And two, I think he partly he broke down because he was so surprised that he this many people were like gathering to see him. At least that's what he mentioned. Um, so it clearly was after that point that he sort of was like, "Wow, I'm a big deal. I might be the best player in the world." When do you was there a moment or a year or something that that created that realization in him? Um, you know, it's a question get asked a lot. I, I don't know if there's one moment, but I know from kind of scouts' perspective. The when we draft him, we're like, hey, we like this guy. He's guy. He can really pass. Um, he's got legit size. He's got connectivity to the states. You know, his brother played at uh, Nemanja played Division One at Detroit. Then he went to CW Post, an excellent program in New York. Natalia was in school here. She was an athlete. So, you know, the first question with any international players, do they want to be here? Uh, yeah. The answer is no. It's you move on. Um, but but we saw a, a guy that had real basketball instincts and had size and had a long way to go. But we thought the instincts. We're at some point going to allow him to be a pretty good NBA player. Um, and then the year he went back to the ABBA League, uh, the first year we, we watched – I'm sorry, the first game of that post-draft season when he was still with Mega. I think that was the, one of the first times we were all like, wow, this guy doesn't look like he's just going to be a pretty good player. He's got – he's doing things that we've rarely seen. And, and a league that's produced a lot of bigs. And you know, going into the draft process, we watched a ton of tape of European bigs we made at the same age. You know, it's, you make the mistake – uh, too often comparing guys at 18 to guys at 25 now. It's, you know, what's the 18 look like to, versus the 18 year old, 19 year old? Um, for me, the first game in the NBA, so that, that when he played the, forgot who they played, they played Brady Heslip's team. I always forget who they played. I think they played, um, oh man, I forget the name. Uh, I clearly remember the game. So that was the first time I, I think this guy's going to be really, really, really good. And I'm, I'm 
blindly and obnoxiously positive with our guys, and I got beat up. I, I'd take him over this guy, Andrew. I'd take him that guy. And like, dude, yeah, yeah. chill out. <laughs> chill out. <laughs> hey, uh, Tim, we also got beat up for that, too. Like, yeah. you're, you're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, no, it's you guys were, were, were early early members of the Jokic cult. Um, and then I think, for me, the first NBA game, it, it, we played at San Antonio, I guess the second year, I think. Um, Duncan was there, and he was just scoring – with ease, and it was the shots that you, shots that most guys can't hit with yeah. no one on the court. Um, so, I, and then I, I think the Olympics, when the Olympics, he was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. he was just killing guys. So, I don't have the one moment, but those three moments, and then game eighty-two against Minnesota, when right. um, him, Jamal, um, they just weren't scared. We we went down, and you saw them get to a gear that we had not seen previously in a game. Uh, that really meant something against veterans, against Jimmy Butler, against Taj Gibson, you know, against really good players. So I, I think those are the four moments that kind of jump out at me. Game 82 is always what we talk about, I feel like, when we, we look back at a moment, and that was as big of a game as you guys had probably played since you had been here. And the fact that he was so good in that game and didn't shy away from the moment and was so clutch down the stretch, even though it was a loss, but... I feel like that was the game that told us at least like, okay, he's that guy. Like he's that dude in big moments. Yeah, no, I agree. And against, again, veterans against a, yeah. you know, a heck of a coach and in, in Tom Thibodeau um, in Minnesota to watch those guys. Uh, they, you could, it was palpable. I thought, I thought their, their look changed, their demeanor changed. And, you know, a couple of years later, um, I, I can't think of a better closing duo than Jamal and Nicola. And I think that night in Minnesota, um, I mean, that whole run up to the final game was crazy. We were yeah. dead to rights. Um, I think we lost to Memphis. Um, and then every game felt like the crazy Milwaukee win. Uh, mm-hmm. the, there's so yeah. many crazy games that led up to that game 82. And then you'd never get without that loss. Maybe we're not where we are. We certainly don't have Michael Porter right now. Right. Um, so it's, the butterfly effect on, on winning or losing or picking a player or not picking a player is always so fascinating because you don't know – you really don't know what it means. Yeah. With Jokic this season, you know, when he, he's the, the MVP. I think there's still a lot of speculation. I think it's a lock. Was there a moment where you thought, man, he might be MVP this year? Or he's, he's leveled up a whole other level from where we've seen him. You know, I, again, it just because I'm, I'm so, so often wrong – on a positive sense, yeah. A couple of years ago, I'm like, he's going to be the MVP. He's going to be the MVP, and I was trying to talk it into existence. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, um, but no, there, there's been moments this year where I think the the home Utah game when I was just I couldn't stop laughing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it was, and, and, and you know, it happens. You catch it, and you catch a team maybe not as the best, but it was what some of the moves he had were just I've never seen those moves. Certainly never seen him for a six eleven guy his ability to advance full court and then slow down and then play fast. Um, his, his ability, I mean, he's, I don't know, I, I bet you Nicole's like 270, but he's probably 200 pounds is between his, uh, you know, thighs and his chest. So he just moves people with every crab dribble. Um, I think he's the best passer in the NBA, not just passing big. I think he's the best passer. So I, I think that Utah game at home, how efficient and effective he was against a great, great, great team. Um, and some of the moves he made, I just I've never seen him. So uh, yeah. that's probably the one moment this year. I'm like, this guy's really going to be the MVP this year. 
Tim, you talked briefly about, you know, maybe not wanting to see each other after the bubble was over. Uh, very short offseason, short turnaround to sort of get back into, you know, whatever the mindset is that you, you have entering a season. How did you feel dealing with the shortest offseason ever? And then how did that affect your day-to-day job? That's also hilarious seeing these comments on whatever app. <laughs> this, this app is awesome. Um, it, it was hard, man. I'll be honest. Um, you know, I, you guys know me fairly well. I mean, um, away from the team, it's like I, I'm not an eat, sleep, um, work guy. You know, I want balance, and I, I don't. I'd rather be a a really crappy present and a great dad. And I those 83 days, I was a really crappy dad and a really crappy husband. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know, people people make sacrifices like that. Um, obviously, our military and, and God bless them. Are, but you know, I, I'm. I didn't sign up for that. No one signed up for it. <laughs> to be gone. Either we, we won the first round playoff series, and we had a we had a coach balling because he was going to miss his son's first birthday. Um, I can't tell you how many times my my son and daughter, four and five, were just crying. He felt like such a jerk. Like, what are right. we doing? This is just poops, right. you know. And then, you know, those two hours, two and a half hours in the gym, you really feel it. Like, hey, we're we're making a run here. We got a chance. Uh, so so it, it was something I, I would never do again. Um, the NBA does it again. Then Godspeed. I'll, I'll I'll be lazy and watch from my couch. Um, <laughs> you know, no one asked for it. I think they did a great job logistically, but it was uh, brutal. And, and it was just, it, it was really nice. Uh, the facilities, um, they did an awesome job. It was Groundhog Day. We would, you know, one day I walked seventeen and a half miles around a perimeter road. <laughs> um, the road's like 1.3 miles. Um, uh, it was, we had a walking through, uh, oh, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. It was absolutely brutal. And then you'd, you know, you play, not play, play, not play. And all right, Tuesday, you guys want to go to, uh, Rick's the really crappy sports bar, Rick's again, and <laughs> drink $9 beers and have wings for the 61st time. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of it, there was some really cool moments we would, especially as it became, uh, smaller and smaller it was the final four teams. It was like, okay. The Nuggets have the pool now. You know, let's go there and like Nicola plays some weird game in the pool. It's like keep away and um, he does like all the water pool stuff. And, and I was actually like looking for that. Like, hey, you guys want to go play the the pool game? That's how low the bar was for entertainment. <laughs> I don't um, know what keep away is, but I imagine Jokic is like really good at it. Water yeah. pool. Well, he's great at it. Yeah. Let's say it's three people around. I'm in the middle, and you just you can't catch the ball. You're just tapping it, and you can splash. You can't really tackle. Um, and if it's, it could be any odd number, you can make it work. But I mean, that was, we played spike ball and we yeah. played, um, we had, we played some pickup. We had a couple of horrific injuries playing pickup that were, but two guys needed surgery, um, on our staff. That was, it was all both on game points too. Both on game points. So, so it was pretty embarrassing. Um, you know, um, trying to run to find a, a team doc when you're just trying to keep yourself active in, in the bubble. But it, it was, the basketball was great. Really, really cool memories from a personal side. It was it was challenging for everybody involved. Before we get back to our chat with Tim Connolly, make sure to check out Hassle Cattle Company. Get your fridge, get your freezer stocked up with the best damn Wagyu beef around. They've got everything at Hassle Cattle Company. They've got steaks, they've got jerky, they've got sausage. Whatever type of meat you want, Hassle Cattle Company has it. They are also offering DNVR listeners a buy three, get one free deal on their flank steaks these things are awesome super lean super flavorful again you can buy three flank steaks 
uh, from Hassle Cattle Company and get one free. They're only $9.99. Uh, so use code DNVRFLANK, D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K, at checkout. That's DNVRFLANK at checkout for that buy three, get one free deal from Hassle Cattle Company. And at DraftKings, it's another hammer the over this week with the NBA playoffs heating up. So you guys know what that means. You pretty much just bet on a game, you you bet the over, and for the more people that bet, the over under drops until it's just a pretty much guaranteed free money bet. Um, I'm already in on it. Uh, This week, it's Dallas LA Clippers game one. The over is already down to 61 points. So this is free money. Um, go to DraftKings Sportsbook, sign up, download it, use code DNVR when you do, and then hammer the over, pick up some free money while you're doing it. Uh, so again, make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in a featured game, the line will decrease by one point. So like I said, it's already down to, uh, what did I say, 60-something points. So it's free money. That's how many people are getting in on it. So download the app, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DNVR for a limited time. You can hammer the over, get some free money. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only restrictions apply. Max $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends on May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, I'm going to throw in a little DraftKings pick of the week here. And just our luck, they've already got the player props up for Nuggets Blazers game one Saturday in Denver at Ball Arena. I'm feeling a little frisky with this pick of the week. I know he hasn't been getting the triple doubles that often. uh, Although Jokic did get a triple double second to last game of the season against the Detroit Pistons. I like him to get it in game one against Portland. I think Jokic is going to eat this series. Um, I think he's going to get everybody involved. And I think Denver's going to be able to score against a terrible Portland defense, one of the worst in the league, the worst in the playoffs. So I like Yoke to get a triple-double in game one, plus 250. Not great odds for a triple-double, but I think he's got a good chance. So that's my DraftKings pick of the week, Nicole Jokic's triple-double, game one Saturday. As we kind of move into this season, you know, the Nuggets started one and four, two losses to the Kings. Um, the first, you know, sort of week of the season, the team didn't look that great. What, what was going through your mind right out the gate is do you have the perspective of, Hey, this is 72 games. Like we shouldn't analyze week by week. I mean, I, I felt pretty confidently we're going to be a good team, but I, I didn't, I'd be lying. If I thought we had the same, we were as good a team. I mean, losing Jeremy's a heck of a player, uh, right. Tory, heck of a player, a uh, Mason, heck of a player. We lost really good players. Um, and the Jeremy one in particular, where there was not some clear right. um, plug and play guy. You know, Jeremy played almost completely at the four during the regular season, and we saw his ability to play both positions um, in the playoffs. He was so good, and um, you know, Detroit wisely recognized how good he was and saw the year he had um, this season. So I wasn't worried that we weren't going to be good, but I was I was disappointed in how we started. I thought a couple guys – but it was weird, Adam, because you could, I didn't want to be overly critical because, quite frankly, these guys, some of them just gotten home. So it was yeah, not right. the summer to say, okay, are you you're working on your in and out, or you right, know, right, right. maybe a more effective player out of the corner? Or, uh, it, it was a hard sum to be harsh on guys. Um, and it should have been like, and I, I the Sacramento game, um, take away Sacramento and the Wizards, we, we'd be in a different place right now, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I, I was disappointed that we were one and four. I, I didn't. I knew we were a good team. I didn't know how good we we're going to be. I knew the West had gotten a lot better. Um, 
kind of thought Phoenix was going to make a huge jump. I thought Utah was going to be shot out of a cannon. Um, seeing those guys up close to seven games. And that was, it was fun hanging out with a lot of Utah guys, um, players and staff in the bubble was really enjoyable. Even gain more respect for what they do. Um, so I thought they were going to be really good. I thought Portland did, made some really nice offseason additions. I, I thought it was a harder Western Conference. I thought it'd be hard for us to hold our place. But I, I also, w- w- even with the one and four star, I thought um, you know we've proven to be a pretty good team over the last several years. Did you think just the the weight of everything in the bubble? And I think about this when just looking back at what Jamal went through, just physically, emotionally. Did you feel like the weight of just that entire situation impacted? I mean, not just maybe you guys, but everybody at the start of the season. I think there was clearly a, a, a mental fatigue, more so than physical. Um, there was not the same excitement from any of us, um, not players. I mean, yeah. I, I think any staff member said that they had the same excitement to start a training camp this year as a year prior. Uh, they would be disingenuous. Um, you know, there was – it was in 18 – it's been a, almost a two-year season, so no one took vacations. Um we th- we were under the, the misconception that we we're going to start later. So okay, well let's you know maybe everyone can go s- see their family for Christmas or whatever maybe or Thanksgiving and it just started so quickly and so abruptly. Um, you know we expected it. We didn't and there wasn't much to again. Mo Mo did a great job. The challenge in the bubble was that fun. The challenge when we started here is that fun because there's not a lot of fun that was happening in our in our world the last year and a half. So as fun as we can have it. So even if we, you know, we weren't performing to a certain level, we had a bad practice. It doesn't, didn't mean we weren't going to admonish guys, be hard on guys, but we probably weren't as harsh as we've been in the past, knowing that everyone's dealing with different things. Yeah. So the first four games, I thought, you know, so much of the season was about Michael Porter. Now stepping in. Can I I step in? Uh, Hurricane teabag just had a good comment. Hurricane teabag. Do you want to get back to hurricane teabag? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, is the great, that is a great hilarious. name that is yeah. awesome name. <laughs> it's a great point mr tb i assume um, T- tb is tampa bay right it's got it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> hilarious um yeah. so i thought so much of the season was about michael porter and i thought those first four games it looked uncomfortable just as as all these growing pains often are and then he goes out and he's out for i can't remember how many games it was quite a few the first half, in my opinion, the first half was really a story of Michael Porter just going through different challenges and and not necessarily seeing all the results. Around the beginning of March is when I thought it started to really click for him. What what can you kind of tell us about that period, the first half, what he had to go through, and how you feel like he handled the adversity to kind of get to the point he's at now? I think the thing that's underrated about Michael, I think, is just how much he loves basketball and how hard he works. He's obsessed with it. I mean, it's uh, sometimes it gets him in trouble. He'll say, hey, I, I read about this or, uh, you know, right. there's a guy in Germany doing this. I'm like, Dude, just, I, I, I love it because you, you want it so bad. And he, he wants greatness. Um, you know, the guy, um, he he's, does not want to just be a guy. He thinks he has the ability to be an elite guy. Uh, I think he's shown that certainly this year. Um, and and he, he puts the work behind it. Um, and I can't tell you how many times during the summer – Hey, Michael was in our gym, and it's like, what were you doing in Auburn? Michael was in our gym. What were you? All these colleges. Wow. He's always hooping. He's always playing. Even in the bubble, he was in the gym all the time. I mean, he would hang out and just watch guys shoot, or watch guys play two on two, or he'd go watch other players shoot at night. Um, so I think his work ethic is is probably not talked about enough. Um, 
you don't come back from what he came back from without an immense work ethic. He's also, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a much, he's a, not a good guy. He's a great guy. He's a much goofier guy than I think he, he gives on a lot. I joke. He's like 2% like, you know, what's up my guy. And then 98% yeah. just a hilarious, great sense of humor, unbelievable family, great teammate. Um, he's a really, really fun guy to be around. So I think he, he hit this season knowing the expectations were risen, knowing that he played well in the bubble. Um, and he put so much on himself. Um, when you see him, I'm pretty pretty a harsh critic with him with his body language at times, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets down on himself. Um, you know, he because his internal drive is so high. Um, it's it's no it, there's no frustration elsewhere. It's usually he gets down. I can't believe I missed that shot. I can't believe I missed that move. I can't believe I fell asleep off the ball. So I, I think he, he came into the season uh, a very short off season and just wanted to kill it. Um, and it came from such a great place. Um, and none of us were right. Um, you know, we had several guys struggling out of the box that didn't play up to their a level that we needed to play at. So it, it didn't, it hasn't surprised me anything that Michael's done. Um, because you know, I, I know how bad he wants it. I know again, he, he's got such a great support system with his, with his, uh, family, his dad's the best, um, you know, one of the best shooting coaches I've seen as evidenced by all his sons, right, just, right. they're I, absolute I, I, buckets. <laughs> I wondered that because you're. I always wonder that it has to be a great shooting coach somewhere in there. So it's a, it. You credit his dad a lot. For his this. dad and his mom. His mom's yeah. one of the leading scorers of high, Iowa high school basketball. Wow. His dad played at UNO. Um, but is I mean I've, you know I, I've talked uh, mechanics with his dad. I've, you know he's just a really bright guy. Um, wow. And like you know he, he's all his sons can shoot. I mean Jante yeah. shoots the leather off the ball. This the the son going to DU shoots the leather. They're all just really talented shooters. So. Um, I think with, with Mike, what he, you see with him is when he t- the work ethic is always there. The desire is there. The, 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 God, the God-given talents there, obviously, is a 6'11", auto bucket. Um, but I, I think what he's really good at, he kind of takes a deep breath and watches, okay, like you saw in the bubble. Okay, they're going to play me this way, and I was, I was garbage last game, but I'll make a slight change. Um, I, I think he's been unbelievable the last couple of months. Like, they're going to be more and more physical. They're going to top lock me. What can I do to get open? How can I play under? The, how can I play in the paint more? Not as a post score per se, but how can I? Because once I get around the rim, there's not much smaller defenders can do against me, right? Um, so I, I think his overall feel for how to adjust and progress is is pretty underrated. I think a big part of that Tim that's been you know one of the biggest surprises to me, pleasant surprises, is how receptive he is to criticism, constructive criticism, the pressure. And I think there was this errant concern from the outside that, you know, Malone certainly didn't handle him with kid gloves and, oh, are they going to push Porter away? But what we've seen is, as you mentioned, like Porter really is about this life as a hooper and a potentially great player. Am I, am I wrong? No, he's obsessed with it. Um, look, he's played for hard coaches. Uh, he grew up in a big-time basketball family. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of competitive games with his sisters and brothers. Um, he is obsessed with basketball um, to a level I've seen only a handful of times in my, you know, 25 whatever years um he he really 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 wants to be part of something special and he cares about winning you know i think the hey w- when he played those two games in missouri um he shouldn't have been playing he cared he, he wanted to play he wanted to help impact winning um the guy you know he, he doesn't miss practice he's missed a couple games he had sprained ankle he plays through bumps and bruises i, I think his his mental and physical toughness is is unbelievably overlooked and there's going to be, uh, there's, it's not always going to be a smooth road when you're trying to incorporate a super talented player like mine 
who in a normal year, he's one, two, or three, right? I don't care what year he comes out when you're a 6'11", elite shooter, rebounder. You're going to go one, two, or three. Um, and those guys have never had to be anything but focused guys. You know, they've never had to come off the bench, never had to uh, have healthy DMPs, never had to um, right. mesh their games with others. And, again, a huge compliment to Mo, huge compliment to Nicola and Jamal and Paul and Will to putting their arms around him. I mean, we all get frustrated with each other. You sometimes see on the court, I think it's hilarious. Um, sometimes seen in practice, um, you know, but it's, we, they collectively, those guys, you know, they're, um, you know, it sounds super cheesy. They're kind of a happy family. They kind of get the, the quirks that we all have, the quirks that he has. You know, one guy might want to go out to the club, might want to read a book. One might want to watch video. Um, but collectively, I think these guys have a really good appreciation for each other because of the work ethic that each and every guy on our team has. And, and kind of the not, we I think we have a team full of guys that aren't scared of it. You know that they're they're not scared to screw up, uh, and I, I think that's it's hard to find guys that aren't that, that aren't governed by fear. And I think Michael's certainly one of those guys. When when uh, Will Barton gave Mike the uh, endorsement, I think it was last year when he yeah, was a rookie. Yeah. That, that that's when I was like, okay, Mike's going to be the real deal. W- Will's the guy I look at to as like my barometer in terms of how I should feel about guys if they're like going to be legit or not <laughs> no he's a good one i mean will yeah. if he wants to be will could be a brilliant coach or for an office guy the guy's he's another guy obsessed with basketball um I'm waiting, our video guys will play games with him all the time they'll name players in the league he's got a guest to college he's the only guy on our team hit that's really good at it um actually bowl's really good at it too those two guys just mm-hmm. know where they knew where they came up and where they went to school but um you know hoopers no hoopers if yeah. if michael didn't have a work ethic um if he wasn't a guy that cared about winning you guys have watched our team grow up. I think it would be pretty evident that he, he did, that he's not part of kind of the guys that we found success with, and he, he's exactly that type of person. I think Austin Rivers has been so fascinating, and, and it's funny that he was the one that had the comment about it's funny how this league works. Sometimes they just determine who plays who, meaning who who plays the villain, who plays the hero, who's the lazy guy or whatever. And it's funny to me for two reasons. One, because Michael Porter did come – with a lot of just like rumors, you know, rumors about who he was as a person. But Austin Rivers, the same thing. Like I had an impression of Austin Rivers that has been very different from the one I've gotten to know through the the Zoom calls and, and different things. Just you being behind the scenes, how much is it like that where you're like, wow, there's a story or a narrative around this guy that is just so off from what from, from what's actually happening? Yeah, it's – I was lucky with Austin because I was with him his rookie year in New Orleans. Um, lucky also we have Marty Post in the front office the, the Duke connects are, are pretty deep mm. Austin Rivers is a really nice guy he's always been a really really nice guy um, you know I, I, I mean we, we had several candid conversations prior to signing Austin about you know the, some perception that he has in certain league wide not league wide but certain, certain teams and he was very candid and, um, but I, I, I agree with Austin it's kind of scary there's very few bad guys in the NBA, and there's very few guys. Um, like the fact that Austin was sitting on the street for a couple of months is, to me, is laughable. Um, the guy's a competitive guy. He's a big time defender. Um, you know, very confident with the ball. Um, played a lot of big. I think he's played 47 playoff games. Um, I thought he was fantastic in Houston. Um, had some really good moments in New York. But I think what's scary, and not just the league, but in life, is. Um, you know, the you, you hear one thing, it's it's unvalidated, and you take that as gospel. I, I heard I heard Harrison's a jerk. 
Right? Right. I mean, I hear that quite often. Right? Yeah, we all okay. we all hear that. Yeah. Right? That's a big rumor. Yeah, I heard yeah. it. I was just walking low. I heard that two people randomly <laughs> screamed at me. Uh, you know, Harrison Wendy, the guy's a jerk. But you get to know Harrison. He's a good guy. You know, a really good guy. But I, I think that happens quite a bit. And I, I think hey, I, I went to see. Um, you know, I, I, we were. I looked at another guy um, recently. Come on, that had a quote unquote uh, a, a bad reputation. I started calling really good buddies that had played with him and coached him. They loved the guy. And, uh, you know, I was a victim. I was culpable in doing the thing that I hate. I had heard this and like, no, the guy's a great guy. The big time worker, um, you know, Who was culture it? guy. No, uh, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Jeff Morton. Um, <laughs> so, so I think the, the league makes, I, I personally think um, the league makes decisions and they make their mind up quickly. I, I, I agree with Austin. I think unless you sound a certain way, look a certain way or in the cool group. It's a very high school approach to how these guys are viewed. Um, I, I think the Michael, I think Michael's one of the most miscast guys I've ever seen. The guy is a, he's a, just uh, a guy who's obsessed with basketball, obsessed with his family, uh, very faith driven and always has a smile on his face. So I get, I get mad at Michael. I said, Michael, you're always smiling. You're like a joyous, fun guy. And then the game you're, Stoic, like yeah, yeah. even when he gets frustrated, I mean, you, you guys watch so intently, he'll get frustrated with something and he'll go to the bench and he's trying to look angry. And then the, Paul will make a three and he'll just, he can't help himself. He gets yeah, yeah, so happy. Yeah. You know? So true. So I, I think that's a guy that I don't know, maybe because he's a, he should have been, he's like a, a bucket getter and he's a 6'11, good looking guy. And yeah, um, you assume this, he is a fantastic A plus guy. Um, and I think it's it's scary. It's the lesson we can all, I think, learn is um, we all get judged pretty quickly. And if you don't, or you're not lucky enough to kind of combat that judgment or, or, or give him a second chance, it can really stick with you. As a fellow, very good-looking guy, I can I can assure you guys it's very yeah. difficult. All the all the judging that goes on. What do you think with... of uh, Adam's haircut, Tim? What do you think of his haircut? You know, I, I mean, I like it. I, I think it's cool. <laughs> right. I, you know. I think you should probably go with a, a little cut of what's it called a a little oh, slash yeah. a little line yeah some racing slash. stripes maybe we should, yeah. have, we should have a bet right now I don't know if, can we bet something on the Portland series if we do something really I don't know if, if you Nicola averages something can we shave your head for charity or something oh I'm in but you said you said it it's got to be real though this can't be like a, if he averages yeah. twenty points it's got to be something <laughs> big yeah I, I don't know I, I actually I'm gonna t- NBA I I was joking about that yeah that's We're right not, right yeah right. we would yeah. never Imagine. even put you in that position Tim. yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy so it's um, like a Chris like a crypto chat right now that's for <laughs> <laughs> the chat is it's funny because that's not even all the comments I'm seeing them here on the side banner there's millions of them they're uh, they're loving it um. Another thing that come we're kind of in chronological order here, but the G League announcement this year and, and Denver getting a, a, a team next year. I saw you know Ben Tenzer taking over it looks like and 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 taking the charge on some of some of that. Do you know at this moment and can you speak at this moment to sort of what benefit that provides and and what are the conversations like about how you plan to use it? Yeah, um, yeah, Ben did a great job, and we've we've explored so many different options for the G League, and it's been a frustratingly uh, surprising elongated process so we're pretty pretty fired up with grand rapids actually um went there the other day it was awesome um hey really cool city really cool especially if you if you like beer and good food a great food scene and, and beer everywhere i was really impressed by the city i've never been there um you know it's been, it's been challenging trying to get guys to play um kind of the way we want them to play uh i think last year we had 
Vando and RGV and Vlaco and yeah. Erie and Bowl and Windy City. And that's hard. It's really hard. Um, it, it's, you know, if we, if we want to have Vlaco play full-time with the three, you know, you can't do that unless it's your own team, for example. Right. So to be able to, to um, have shared philosophies and terminologies, um, it's going to be really helpful. It's going to allow us to, to look at another three or four guys a year. Exhibit 10 is going to be awesome. I mean, there's a lot of guys that we like in summer league, or we like, um, you know, they're going to be undrafted that we don't really have. We got two, we got 15 roster spots, two, two ways beyond that. You know, we, we can't get these guys in their gym. So that'd be really cool. I think we're going to be um, as creative as possible with it. Um, and additionally, this is a good chance to develop staff. Um, right. You know, yeah. It's, you know, uh, watch coaches, watch trainers, watch um, uh, PD guys develop. So we're, we're super fired up and should be awesome. Yeah, I just think about a guy like Bowl, and he's obviously so talented, and he comes into a really good team, a contender, and there's just obviously not the opportunity for him. But um, I've I've just got to think like a guy like him because he just he just needs to play, right? I mean, he yeah, just needs I mean, to it's, play, it's, it's it's look at well, I mean, Bowl, Marcus, Vlatko, Zeke, um, you know, it's RJ get, getting a rhythm. You know, I mean, yeah. especially after this season, there was no pre-draft, no summer league. So the guys who were rookies or second-year guys this year, I think it's near impossible. Um, yeah. Hey, go down to uh, go down to Grand, uh, Grand Rapids, hoop for a couple weeks. You know, get in a rhythm, come back. So I, I think it's been um, we're extremely excited that it's no longer going to be a disadvantage. I think it's going to um, really prove to be hugely beneficial, and we're super excited. All right, we'll get back to Tim Conley in one sec. First, though, Solace Meds, the premier dispensary for you guys if you're looking for one in Denver. Four Colorado locations, Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. So maybe you're coming to the bar Saturday for the Blazers game. I'd get there early. We are at full capacity, obviously, but we're going to fill up. I can guarantee you that. Maybe stop by Solace Meds on the way down there. Uh, a nice little pregame for the game. Uh, they've got awesome deals. Buy three, get one free on the entire store, plus an additional 20% off when using the code DNVR20 at checkout. And like I said, tons of other deals as well. Um, the buy three, get one free, 20% off all Glacier Concentrate, 20% off Mile High Extractions, 20% off CBN Gummies, and also get an additional 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, you can also order online and pick up at your convenience. Just head to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. Remember to use code DNVR20 to save 20% off of your order. And buying a house, that can be a really stressful process. I know I'm just stressed out thinking about it. But Michael and Virginia Chevalier, they make that process so easy so relaxing they take care of all the heavy lifting for you mike and virginia will work tirelessly to try to find the best loan for your situation visit them at dnvrmortgage.com get set up with a free consultation enter to win a free dnvr shirt or hat of your choice when you do sign up there like i said free consultation as well to discuss all of your options call them call virginia directly through three two five seven six five seven eight mike is at nine seven zero four one two two four seven two Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Get set up with a free consultation as well. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. And finally, 
if you're listening to this podcast, you might still be paying too much in car and home insurance. That's why we partnered with Gabby. Gabby.com slash DNVR. Go there right now. What you do is you plug in all your insurance info. They'll run your numbers against 40 of the top providers across the country. Tell you where you're spending too much money. Tell you where you can be saving money. Gabby customers on average, they save a ton of money. A lot of us here at DNVR are saving money yearly with Gabby. Uh, A lot of us are signed up. And Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. So how good would it feel to just have $961 just in your pocket instead of giving it to whatever insurance company you're just forking over money to monthly? Put your policy to the test like we did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligations. They won't sell your info. You won't be getting spam with robocalls about insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's Gabby.com slash DNVR. Kind of go to the tra- trade deadline now. Um, did you know or did you have an inclination going into the season that this would probably be a big trade deadline for you? And just kind of how did it unfold with with, with Aaron Gordon? Well, we were looking for a certain type of player. You know, we, we, we again, huge loss with Jeremy. Um, we were looking for a guy that could uh, both protect Nicola and, and augment his skill set. So uh, um, I've used this comparison a bunch. It's, it, to me, it's like a left tackle in football. You need If you have a quarterback, you need a good left tackle. Right. Um, you know, he protects your quarterback, allows him to do more things. And there's only a couple couple of those guys in the league that, that could do that, and, and even less are available. Um, so we had a handful of guys circled. Um, you know, I know Aaron was a really coveted guy. He had a, a very active market. And we knew it was going to be expensive. Um, with, without Gary, we're not sitting here today. Um, RJ is going to be a really, 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 really good player. Um, Rookie of the month. It's going to be, yeah. Just, just, we are just talking the other day about that. Um, I mean, I, the guy's uh, great size, uh, big-time athlete, both vertically and laterally. He's got quickness. He carries. He's going to be – Orlando got one. Got a good player. And then a first-round pick. So we were aware that the um, price is going to be high. But – when you see Nicola playing at the level that he was playing at, you know, price be damned, essentially. You, you know, when a, when a guy's playing this good, you have to be a, a bit more aggressive and less pragmatic than maybe we have been in the past and, and, and kind of make sure that you're not missing out because of one additional asset. Um, so uh, we were very lucky that, um, you know, I think, um, you know, Gary and RJ were a very attractive package, those guys. Now, the first-round pick as well, but um, I think they had their eyes on um, – those guys and certainly thought RJ was a guy um, that they really, really liked in the draft. And, um, you know, we got, we got lucky and I think it was a, it was a win-win trade. We got lucky. Uh, they got lucky. They got two big time guys and big time talent and they got another first round pick. What do you, what are you thinking when the first, I don't know what it was, 10 games that you got with everybody healthy, Murray, Gordon, everything. Denver's rolling. I mean, it felt like they were winning every game, but some of the games were just blowout wins. First quarter up 15, 20 points. What are you thinking at the, the early returns after Gordon arrived. You know, it's funny. We played the Clippers. I don't know what was that was. And that was um, – I got a buddy early. who grew up in my family. Actually, who played in – he played in Cedavita in uh, Zagreb, Dante Draper. Um, so him and Melo grew up together, known Dante Draper forever. Um, and he, he lives in L.A. now. And we were sitting outside after the game, socially distanced. You know, everything's cool. And uh, we were talking about our team. And he goes, you guys look like legit. I said, honestly, I think, uh, I think we might be, we have a chance to be the best team in the NBA. Um, our, Mo is elite. Our coach staff is fantastic. And 
um, and, and the pieces just seemingly were fitting at such a high level. Jamal was playing out of his mind. Um, uh, obviously, Nicola's Nicola. Aaron was so was so seamless with his fit. He just wanted to fit in. Hey, tell me what I need to do, and I'll do it. Um, so I, that Clippers game, that was the, the night um, where you kind of felt like this, this team has a real chance to make a real run. Um, obviously, a couple weeks later, not a couple weeks later, not, not, not soon thereafter, unfortunately, Ma's injury, uh, Will and Monte go down. Um, but it, it's pretty wild to think how quickly things can change from that night, how you felt, to how you just completely deflate it when Jamal gets hurt. And we go back to Golden State. Like Northern California's not been good with us this year, between Sacramento and the Chase Center. Then Will gets hurt, and you're like, come on, you can't be serious. And then to see the fight and the resilience that this team has shown since then, um, couldn't be prouder of the group, couldn't be um, more um, happy of how they've responded to, res- to all these kind of tough hands being dealt. How much credit do you give Mo for the resiliency that this team has shown? Thinking back, thinking back to the 3-1 comebacks, and then just this year, um, when you know you guys were counted out again, and you know, sure enough, you rattled off a, a ton of wins after Jamal went down, one of the best records in the league since that point. How much credit do you give Mo for? I mean, tons in- inspiring that belief. Uh, that's who Mo is. You know, Mo's a fighter, and I think that's that's who our team is. You know, um, I think we're, we're reflective of his and his staff's personality, and it couldn't be you know more proud of that. So, um, like, I never think we're going to lose three in a row. You know, again, I'm uh, again obnoxiously upbeat, win or loss, and that's not always. Coaches aren't always like that, and sometimes I can tell they're like, "Dude, just get out of my face, man! I don't want to see the smile right now." But if we, if we I don't think there were a team that um, that stays on the mat. You know, I think we've shown that over and over and over, and it's not just last year's playoffs. It's it's reaching game eighty-two with the chance to make the playoffs. Um, it's we had a team dinner the other night. It was great. Uh, we had a bunch of guys speak and. Nicola, what do you think? He goes, look, we're fighters. We're, we're going to fight. As long as we fight, we'll be fine. Win or lose. And, you know, it was, it was, it was brief, but it was powerful. That's who we are. I think we're a, a fighting team, and it's, that's who Mo is. It's, I know from talking to other teams and GMs and people around the league, not every GM or president of basketball operations gets to know the players on a personal level. I know some of them like to keep a distance because they feel like they need to be cutthroat or this or that. You know, seeing you fly with Jamal Murray – over over to the surgery just what was that experience like how much time were you spending with him i mean were you you know there while he's waking up or this or that just what, what was it like can you kind of take us inside that that process yeah whenever a guy gets the surgery i like to be there um i mean that's i'm lucky enough to never had surgery but you know this is their how, how they make a living and i know it's it's certainly an angst ridden time so um wanted to show our support um, i mean jamal's a spent a lot of time with jamal period whether it's mm-hmm. coming over or having dinner i've been to been to his house in, in kitchener um i enjoy the relationships i think if you know there's numerous ways to do it and none of them are right or wrong but without the relationships i don't think the job's enjoyable um so i don't want these guys to ever become assets um i and shoot we the saturday before we traded gary was at my house watching tournament games and we were talking about they had the trade lines that coming up um, you know, we have nothing imminent, but if something happens, you're gonna hear from me first. And, right, um, right. without that relationship, I, I don't know how fun the job can be because the wins and losses are brutal. It's 82 or 72 this year. 
you win, you're on top of the world. If you lose, you stink. The 24-hour news cycle. We're, we're um, that way too, Tim, sadly. We're, yeah. we're very much. Yeah. I mean, I don't, have, I don't have any social media, but I know if something's really uh, aggressively written about us, I, I can tell. Yo, you, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. What, what, hi, what's up, man? <laughs> Um, so it's, you don't have time to enjoy the, the wins. Yeah. Um, so without the relationships, what do you really have? You know, you're just kind of a, you know, you're, you're working the DMV and these guys are just numbers or names on the board. And that's, that's not how I want to live life. It's not how I think any of us in this building want to live life. It's not how every GM approaches it too, though, across sports. I mean, it's got to make the job harder. No, you just, you have this relationship with RJ and Gary. And as you just talked about, there was a tough decision to be made. So, I mean, is there a balance there that's that's sort of difficult? Yeah, sometimes I think we think with the heart too much. And we've had chances in years past where we've been able to trade guys who've committed to us, maybe turn down more money elsewhere, mm. um, or veterans that said, like, you know, they, um, they didn't have to come here. They were at the point of their career. They can kind of pick and choose. We could have traded them for you know, decent assets um, to situations that weren't going to be good for the guy. And we've chosen not to. So um, I, I think at times it's certainly a – I'm always self-scouting myself. You don't want to be heart-driven all the time. You don't also don't want to be inhumane. This is a, this is a, a business, but the business is a, a made up of people, and you got to be respectful. you got to care. And I'd like to think that the more we do that, the more good karma comes our way. Um, you know, it's you – know, we trade Gary. Gary's in a different jersey. Gary's still uh, a dear friend. Um you know, I, I'll pick Gary after Orlando game. Like, you know, six assists, love it. You know, great game. Um, so I, I don't know what the – it's a good question, but I don't know what the balance is. I just know the, the way I've choosen, chosen to live life is to kind of um, get to know people, um, give them the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully um, – you know, it makes the journey a whole lot more fun. That's for sure. We got, we got to, I know we got to keep it moving here. Um, just a couple more, but how do you evaluate success now? You know, with Jamal Murray out going into the playoffs, like what's your mind frame about what you're going to analyze and how you can prepare with whatever happens this season? You know, it's an ever-changing prism under which you kind of view success. Like when Jamal went down, again, to be be lying to you, if I didn't look at the schedule, like, okay, we go 500, we'll avoid the plan. Um, When Will gets down, you're doing the same thing. Okay, now we're really – you know, where we got Austin, Austin and Shaq, they were sitting at home and those guys have been godsends. Um, um, but right now, honestly, I think the way we played, why, why not? Why not keep hooping? You know, no. I'm not putting a ceiling on what we can do. We had the best player in the world. Um, I think we had the best coaches staff in the world. Um, we have a, a team that is battle tested and battle scarred that does not blink when they're faced with adversity. So, at this point, you know, let's go. I think, um, you know, that we won't. It's not a a, a boomer bust situation where if we um, lose wherever we lose. It's going to be an awful season. I think whatever happens, I'm going to be really proud of this group of guys and, and our coach staff and the entire organization. I mean, our medical staff, what they've done this year. Those guys are working 18 hour days. You know, you get the calls on the you get the calls on the uh, COVID test at like two, three in the morning. Um, <laughs> even right now, we got to come back to test. Now we got to test at night. So. I'm lucky I live pretty close, but these poor guys and girls who live half an hour away come in all day. Oh, man. Go pick their kid up and come back and test between, you know, five and seven. So uh, there's no way we're going to look back on this year with anything uh, but a, a, a immense sense of pride. But as we approach Saturday night, I think we're ready to, ready to uh, get after it a little bit, man. 
Do you think you could get uh, Will or PJ back for this first round series? I think there's a pretty good chance Will will be back. Yeah. And PJ is definitely further behind Will. Um, I mean, Will's, um, you know, I know, I know where Will's mind's at. You know, he's, he's already there mentally. Now we've got to make sure he's yeah. going to be there physically. Um, but I, yeah, I would, uh, you know, again, fingers crossed. I would, we always tell yeah. our guys, you go back out there when you're ready to go back out there. Because we know pressure. We're not going to be one of those teams that, um, that expedites the healing process. Um, but I, I know um, we, got, we got a couple injured guys down there. Shoot, if it was up to Jamal, he'd try to play. You know, sure, I'm sure. Yeah, these guys are chomping at the bit, and these guys are competitive guys who want to get back out there. All right, to get you out of here, we we like to play a fun game. We have a rapid fire game. People have been enjoying getting to know your personality here, and I think this will will facilitate it here. We're gonna play a game. We're gonna make you be the general manager of takes. You're gonna have to trade. This is like F Mary Kill. Trade, sign to a ten day, or sign to a max. We're going to give you a couple of random things. Do you have it, Kale? Do you have it here? Trade, sign, or max oh, featuring Sim Conley. Here it is. Your first um, graphic, too. You look really – I can't tell if you look angry or – I'm not even really sure if that's him, to be honest. I don't, I don't get angry much unless it's like – unless you're rude. I'm not really an angry guy. So I, I would assume I'm laughing. <laughs> first one I've got for you, season two of The Wire. Very controversial season. That's that's where the, the – um, What's which offshore? The offshoreman, yeah, the the blue it, collar it was, one. It was my least favorite one. I mean, it was still good because I, you know, growing up in the city, um, I didn't know a lot of the like. I had a lot of buddies whose parents worked. On, like yeah. my parents live on right on the they live in the South Bottom right now. They could they look out and they the Domino Sugar thing is right there. So um, I, I don't know if they nailed. I thought the like like Snoop is from Baltimore, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My older brother. Joe co- uh, taught a couple of the kids when they had the, what, what was that like season four or five when the kids were stealing yeah. cars? Yeah, taught yeah. a couple of those kids. So I don't know if they nailed the Baltimore accents, the, the, okay. the Greek guys. So it was really good, but not not my favorite. So I don't know what is that. Don't sign them to a ten day. What is it? What is it? Cut that's a sign to a ten day. You got to trade or max. I I still enjoyed it. I signed it to a ten right. day. Yeah, it sounds day. like a ten day. That's yeah. a ten day. Classic yeah. ten day. Uh, yeah. The Last Dance documentary. Oh, uh, Max. Max. Yeah, I agree. That's super, a, that's super max. max. Yeah, super max. Wow. Super yeah. No hesitation, max. No, no, uh, no trade clause. Six yeah. months up front. You name it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of that Jokic documentary? Is it like Dream Catching? That'd be cool. Dream I like that. Yeah. Uh, Just throwing it out there. Tim Conley's Luckiest Day. <laughs> that. that works. Um, uh, I mean, Sambor Shuffle's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Dreamcatcher. I like Dreamcatcher. That's a cool one. Someone's got to make it. He won't want, but the problem is he'll never be interviewed for it. (laughs) Nope, that's true. Yeah, I'll have to make it without. It'll all be secondary. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, tequila. He'll be sipping Rakia during the interview, though. If he does do it, yeah. I think I don't know. I think I might. It might be Ogie and me drinking the Rakia. I mean, you might have, (laughs) you might have a Pivo or two, but I don't know if he's a Rakia guy. (laughs) What about scooters? You scootering around the city? You know, I like them as long as you're sober. You know, I, 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 the amount of drunk scootering I see in Rhino or, oh, or Loda, it's really dangerous. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I like this. I like them in theory, in practice. I don't know. We had a, I'm not going to name, but we had a, someone on our PR staff had a, a tough spill in LA recently going, trying to hit you, to you a, gotta hit, name it. You have to, to maybe there are only so many people it could be, Tim. Yeah, you're talking about a was, PR staff. Next time he's going <laughs> in and out, I would recommend it. An Uber or walking, but um, again, like like the concept, but I, I don't know. That's a ten day. 
Alrighty. Two more for you. I know you're a parent. You're like me. You're watching the same movies. Trolls World Tour. Trolls World Tour. Have you seen this one? Of course. Yeah. Like <laughs> I like it. I like the first Trolls more. I agree. Strong. Uh, great answer. This one got a little too uh, rabbit holeish with the music genres. I thought got a little yeah, too yeah. aggressive. Um, have you seen Soul yet, Adam? Uh, yeah, I've seen them all, man. Yeah, Soul is not for the kids. Soul's like <laughs> no, an, it's an a adult movie that's, that's animated. You know, I turned it yeah. on like death in the first minute. Like you could have warned me. Pixar. It's always crazy when kids' movies go there somewhere real dark, and you're like, the kids yeah, are asking, I mean, "Where'd he go?" Well, he's dead. I don't. <laughs> I try to show my kids some of the movie, like Goonies. I didn't realize how much cussing there was in Goonies, yeah. or that there was a guy that was in a noose in Goonies, or like I didn't remember how violent um, Home Alone was. Right, that's an aggressive yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, a lot, a very aggressive movie. But I would, I, I like Trolls a lot. I like, um, probably my favorite one is Sing of all the yeah, kids movies. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good one. Moana, I'm, yeah. the, I'm a Moana guy, and uh, Coco. Um, yeah. This is the last one, and you have to pick one to trade, one to sign, one to max. The Major League Baseball, NHL hockey, and NFL. That's tough, man. Because the Baltimore Orioles was, I was obsessed growing up. You know, worked at work concessions, the stadium stand, the whole deal. Um, hmm. Uh, I mean, I love NFL Sundays. I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge college football guy, but NFL Sundays are the best. Yeah. And I went to the, the Avs game last night, which was awesome. Mm. Um, How was that crowd, by the way? Because that's awesome. one of the big things. Yeah, awesome. it looked awesome. It felt, it felt like a full house. Um, I mean, I was just bought, you know, in a suite with a mask on, so I wasn't – but yeah. it, it was really cool. Um, I don't, I like, I don't want to kill any, any of those. I, I love the <laughs> Orioles. Uh, I like one of Rocky's games. I, I love the Ravens. Um, you know, become um, a Broncos fan unless they're playing the Ravens. Um, and the, I think the Avs are the best team in hockey. They, their skill levels off the charts. Yeah, I, I put this out on Twitter last night. Ball Arena is home to the best player in two different sports. Yeah, for I sure. love it. Yeah, I love it. Sure. Yeah. Tim, we really appreciate it, man. You gave us the full hour. Um, it was great stuff felt really informative but also entertaining man we, i think uh, this is a, a record set i don't think i've ever done an hour with anybody i, I don't think you have either i know uh really Thanks, really brother. appreciate yeah. it man yeah um, this is cool and then, so all these people comment so how's this this is a live stream and you just log on to the like walk me through the tech how's it work we're on youtube you, we're on youtube we're oh, on so twitter YouTube, we're on facebook yeah right now? yeah cool. you got all, all the different little areas people watch us so and people are right now people are really over in Serbia right now watching this? Oh, there's people all Serbia, over. Yeah, this is like a Argentina. great time. Yeah, Argentina, Argentina Australia. Oh, um, if you're in, if you're in Belgrade, go to Ambar. Oh wow, he's plugging Ambar. Spot. Yeah, Toro yeah. and Ambar, and they're opening a new one soon. It's the do you best. have any bar recommendations in Denver? Like anywhere around Colfax and York, or you know, is there any any, yes. any cool places? Uh, yeah, what's it called? Lost Lake? Is that still ah! there? No, I'm just <laughs> no. Yeah, you're, yeah I, I love your bar. I love the uh, gear. Um, you guys are killing it. It's really, really cool what you're doing. Yeah. It, it's the um, – if, if anyone's – it's York and Colfax, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, York, York and Colfax, Colfax awesome, man. Awesome wow. bar. If anyone hasn't checked it out, go check it out. Um, you guys got great drink specials. And I think it's really cool you have the gears right there as well. It's really sweet. Yeah. The minute the minute our season's over and I'm allowed to socialize with you guys, I'm going to come drink too much with you. Can't, can't, can't wait. wait. For it. Can't wait. Can't, can't wait. Everybody else, thanks for hanging out in the chat. Hit the like button on the way out. And we're going to be back tomorrow. Last show before the playoffs begin. We'll see you all then. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Before we get out of here, guys, head to StravaCraftCoffee.com. Right now, you guys can save 25% off your first order from StravaCraft Coffee. Get that CBD-packed StravaCraft Coffee. 
Get it for 25% off with the code DNVR25 for your first order. Get a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Get your coffee delivered every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and get 25% off that purchase if it's your first purchase from StravaCraftCoffee.com. Make sure to use the code DNVR25. That's the code DNVR25, DNVR25 to get 25% off your order of Strava Craft Coffee today.